welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friend, Ribka, And this is a podcast where we talk about the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great, thanks. I wanted to follow up and see if you have been doing any of the challenges from past talks. Yeah, so um, in Elder Renlin's talk from a couple weeks ago, uh, he mentioned... Uh, not judging and instead using compassion. And so uh, a lot of this last week, I've been thinking in my head, no judgment, just compassion. And so I've been trying to change my approach in how I think about people. Oh, cool. And what um, effect have you seen in your life? from um, that? I think it's been helpful to kind of get more of an insight into the way God feels about people. It's, it's increased, uh, charity a little bit and it's helped. It's also helped me realize how quickly I tend to judge and, and maybe, uh, condemn isn't the right word, but just make, make negative assumptions about people. Um, my brain just does it. And it's, it's been helpful to be able to be aware of that and to, stop it as soon as it happens and say no judgment just compassion and then i feel so much better about everyone around me <laughs> yeah and it's also that draws a little bit from elder soada's talk too to sort of cut off those thoughts right as they happen mm-hmm. so because uh, a little judgment could grow into something a lot worse and a lot bigger yeah great well rivka how are you today i'm doing fantastic that is good to hear i love that answer um, have you been working on any challenges? Well, probably several. Um, I have been trying, um, to really, uh, follow Elder Oaks's invitation to be of good cheer, um, this last couple of weeks. And it's been kind of an, an interesting personal application. I struggle from, um, with depression sometimes, and I've had Oh, a rough couple of weeks. And so I have actively been trying to, in moments when I'm feeling quite depressed, think about our discussion about being able to be of good cheer, even when we're not necessarily feeling happy, and to be able to have hope and trust that difficulties won't last forever, and to find um, goodness. And for me, it's helpful too to find ways to serve in the midst of that, even though it feels really. Uh, not what I want to be doing, but it helps. So following that counsel has helped. Good. In my experience. Yeah. That's fantastic. That can be a challenge. Um, yeah. It can be hard to sort of, it. Um, of course, I have not experienced depression, but the description I hear is, you know, it feels like a giant sort of weight or like you're trying to climb up through something heavy to get some of those, like to go serve somebody feels like a giant effort. Yeah. Yes, it, like the sort that breeds resentment in me, at least. <laughs> you know, where I'm right. like, I don't know. I'm feeling awful. I shouldn't have to do any of this stuff, and and uh, yeah. So it really is a battle, and it's not like I win it all the time. So you know, if anyone listening also struggles with that, do not feel discouraged <laughs> if you're not <laughs> like, I'll just get up and serve in the middle of this, and everything will be better. It's not that, <laughs> but it. It doesn't make it go away, but it certainly, at least for me, helps to calm the symptoms. Right. Awesome. 
Well, I have been working on uh, still seeing others uh, that Sister Craig challenged us to do. And uh, I've still been working on becoming a BTS fan. Um, So (laughs) my... my, I, I'm just astounded every day. My daughter will be on her Chromebook looking up Korean vocabulary words and like writing them out on a piece of paper. And so on Tuesday at 6 a.m., I woke up my daughter and we watched the live stream of the latest Run BTS episode wow. where they did a water challenge where they had to um, debate things. And there were things that I didn't fully understand. Like, do you eat the you know, the seaweed in the whatever Korean dish that I don't, you know, that I've never had. And um, so one team would argue like, uh, no, you absolutely don't. And the other would argue, yes. And then if you did um, certain actions or like if you stood up or put your hand on your hair or whatever, they would spray you in the face with water. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it, it, I don't know, it's pretty silly. Right. But I had a lot of fun watching it with, um, Camilla and speed reading the English subtitles uh, at the bottom. <laughs> so I had some understanding of what was going on. So we'll see, you guys do need to come out and visit Burke. Sir, my husband served his mission in Korea and oh. they could watch together and he could, he will be the first to tell you he does not remember a lot of it. And this was certainly yeah. fluent in the language, but uh, you know, he'd probably get a kick out of that. He would. And you know, she's at the, the most basic level of Korean. So like yeah. if, he could teach right her some together. characters and yeah, some, <laughs> I think that'd be great. So he's like, he's probably listening going, why are you volunteering me to do this? I don't like, <laughs> I'm like, it's a little gold. I'll be scared. It's fine. <laughs> uh, well, she would appreciate anything right now. She's just, you know, looking it up on Wikipedia and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, well, today we're going to talk about the talk Peace Be Still by Lisa L. Harkness, first counselor in the primary general presidency. And, oh, I can't remember. Rivka, I think you picked this one. Yeah. So what were your general impressions of this talk? I love this talk um, because I love the hymn Master the Tempest is Raging, which is I felt like, you know, the song version of this talk. It's the musical right. version of this talk. Um, and uh, because in our in our little Facebook conference study group after we did this last time, this was one of the talks where I had a really profound um, shift in the way that I I saw the scripture story that she shares in here. Oh. Um, with the with the disciples out and the tempest sees and Jesus is sleeping, you know, and they're and they're saying, Lawrence, save us. Why are you sleeping through this? We're all gonna die. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, probably not that funny. I'm sure I'm I know they were really, really scared, but I had this experience as reading through it because always I have read that story. And heard in it almost like a like a critical call to repentance in the Savior's words. She puts in here the questions, why are you so fearful and where is your faith? And I probably hear that because I would be critical of myself, you know, as and knowing the Savior, he's he's never just he's never accusatory in that sense. 
ever. I mean, the woman taking an adultery, never, he's never accusatory in what he says to anyone. And so it was just one of those moments where as I was reading through this and Sister um, Harkness brings up these two questions after he, after he calms the, the sea. And she says, that his he, uh, Jesus then taught his disciples through two simple yet loving questions. So even just reading that preparatory statement that she made, I was like, okay, these are teaching questions and they're loving questions. Why are you so fearful and where is your faith? Right. And, and the moment that I had with the Spirit, I can still even remember where I was sitting as I was thinking about this. Um. I all of a sudden realized that at least for me, one way of looking at this is that rather than being accusatory or condemning in nature, that these are actually extremely valuable, actionable questions. And that when I am in a time when, or having an experience when I'm feeling like my faith is, well, when obviously when my actions or my thoughts would indicate that my faith is not you know, as strong as it could be in the Savior when I'm beginning to question Him and asking the whys and and having the doubts, I suddenly pictured the Savior sitting down with me and in that moment saying, I, I can see that you're struggling here in a situation that maybe you don't need to be struggling this hard in. Let's talk about let's talk about a couple of things. Let's let's find out why why are you so fearful right now? What is it you're afraid of? What can we, you know, what can I do to help to calm this fear? What things do you know spiritually that that I can remind you of that will help you? So what why are you so fearful? Not as an accusation, but let's figure out why. What is it about this that's making you fearful? And then suddenly where in your where is your faith sounded to me like a question that could be asked on a scale, you know, like on a scale of faithless versus full confidence in in God the Father and Jesus Christ, where on that scale is your faith right now? And how can we help it to become stronger? So I just had this moment where never before had I thought about those questions in that way. It always felt a little, I always felt a little defensive for the poor disciples, you know, who I thought were clear, you know, I could totally understand why they were scared and why they would be upset and acting emotional because I've been in those situations. And rather than feeling the accusation of the Savior, I suddenly read those questions with the incredible amount of love that he must feel for us when we're frightened and feeling in over our head or unsure of what to do. And, you know, I just thought how much I would love to have the Savior sit with me in those moments and really talk things through and help me to get my feet back under me and my, and my faith um, on more solid ground. Yeah. Well, that is a really beautiful thought and a really great insight. And I think the Lord loves to ask us questions that invite introspection. Um, It's so easy to be reactive. And I really, she emphasized that a lot by the way she um, framed the the questions. So by preparing it, you know, giving us that preparatory Mm -hmm. statement that you said, and then she took out all the other parts of the scripture and just asked those two simple questions. Why are you so fearful? Where is your faith? Um, and then the next paragraph, she talks about Liberty Jail. <laughs> which, I noticed that yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like every talk, it feels like. 
Yep, yep, uh, yep. <laughs> the theme of this conference. Liberty yes. Trail. And maybe she answers the question why, you know, in that paragraph by saying there is a mortal tendency, even temptation, you know, to, to have that feeling. And she gives the example of the prophet Joseph Smith and the apostles, you know, all these people who, um, you know, had immense spiritual uh, gifts and experiences still had that same feeling. So it's something that, that we all experience. Yeah. Well, you know, and even the, even the savior, we've had this brought up in a few talks over the years, had a moment where he in the garden of Gethsemane wondered, is there another way? This is yeah. a huge looming thing. Is there another way? But clearly the place where his faith was, was completely with God because yeah. he said, give me the bitter cup. No questions. Right. Well, that's a fantastic, um, beautiful way to start um, this talk. So, Aaliyah, what else, uh, or what were your general impressions of the talk? So, my very first thought when I read the name of this talk was um, the song Slow Down by Sissel. She mm. performed it with the Tabernacle Choir mm-hmm. um, at the Pioneer concert, and possibly some other times, I'm not sure. Um, but... This song is really cool. It's very pretty. Um, but it was the, it's interesting that Rivka also thought of a song first because <laughs> mm-hmm. I had the same thing, just a different song. So some of the lyrics of the song are, um, in the midst of my confusion, in the time of desperate need, when I'm thinking not too clearly, a gentle voice does intercede. Slow down, slow down, be still. And... Um, in the, at the end of the chorus, it says, slow down and hear his voice and know that he is God. And I really like that that last phrase, and know that he is God. I've had this song pop into my head a couple times when I've really needed it. And that phrase has given me a lot of comfort and like hope, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I think that throughout this whole talk, this can apply that... Um, when we have these mortal tendencies to maybe freak out a little bit and be like, why aren't you helping? And please help and answer our prayers. But then I think it's, it's valuable to have this advice to slow down and know that he is God. So that was the first thing that came into my head. That was my general impression of this talk. Yeah, that is a beautiful song. Um, so in when you say slow down, Aaliyah, what do you mean exactly? So what do you do to slow down? Um, what do I do? I think writing things down helps. Um, so like journaling uh, is, is good to help kind of slow down maybe my thoughts. I think reading the scriptures is also really helpful. If you're looking for an answer and you're waiting for the Lord and you're, you know, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed by a trial or something, um, maybe just stop for a second and read the scriptures and, and look for your answer that way, or don't even maybe stop, uh, like continue waiting for an answer, but accept that the Lord has his own timing and, um, and slow down that way too. And so maybe you're not constantly freaking out about, um, like I, I need help right now in this instant and say the Lord knows what he's doing and I just need to have faith. 
Okay. And I know you've also been um, going on walks every day and mm-hmm. doing, uh, I don't know if you're still doing the meditation or not. Yep. Um, those are all um, ways to slow down. And I think that um, just bringing in sort of some secular things here, you know, going on a daily 30 minute walk has been shown to be, you know, a moderately effective treatment for depression. So it's, it's along those same lines as it brings some peace into your life to just slow down and um, just move your body and get out there and, and not have, you know, the constant um, overwhelming, you know, stuff of, of life going on around you. So I like that a lot. Thanks, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rivka, what else about this talk stood out to you? Is there, are there any other quotes that really were meaningful? Um, she says, regardless of our circumstances, well, actually, let me back up a little more. She says, in times of turmoil, our faith can feel stretched to the limits of our endurance and understanding. Waves of fear can distract us. That was an interesting statement to me that fear, fear as a distraction, um, causing us to forget God's goodness and thus leaving our perspective short-sighted and out of focus can confirm. I have definitely experienced that, right? When all of a sudden, when you can get the fear to calm down, things do come back into focus. So it it's interesting seeing in words uh, something that I hadn't really thought of, but after I read through that, I was like, oh, yes, I have had that experience a number of times. Um, so I appreciated that. Just the the verbiage, waves of fear can distract us. I think that can be helpful because of my love of words. I, I love when words can come <laughs> into my mind at certain times, you know, and then I can think of waves of fear. Okay. And that puts an image in my head and it helps me to be able to, to deal with what's happening at the moment. And then she says, regardless of our circumstances, we can intentionally make efforts to build and increase our faith in Jesus Christ. It is strengthened when we remember that we are children of God and that he loves us. Our faith grows as we experiment on the word of God with hope and diligence. And I actually have an arrow connecting those two questions that we talked about earlier, the where is your faith? Um, why are you fearful and where is your faith? And arrow down to that because I think if we ask ourselves those questions in difficult times, I think that is experimenting um, on his word. And that is a way we can can move forward in difficult experiences with hope and with diligence, just becoming introspective, becoming quiet. Um, and that can calm the waves of fear. It must, it must, because it comes, it comes with, um, it comes with the gift of the spirit. And if these are questions that are coming from the savior and, and we turn introspectively and invite him in, then the calming will happen. I think it's interesting that he, that in the scriptures, it's, it's the same when he talks to the winds and the waves, he says, peace, be still. And when he talks to us, he says, be still and know that I am God. It's the same phrasing for the winds and the waves that he calms as, and for us. And if we will be still um, through his power, he can calm us. Yeah, I that is also a beautiful thought. I really love that. And uh, that part about waves of fear being distractions, that was in the context of her talking about sort of describing the, um, you know, the apostles uh, bailing water out of the boat and just being in survival mode, which is, mm-hmm. you know, 
for them meant literal survival, but for us sort of in the modern era often means that we're just overwhelmed by everything and just trying to make it from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. And she addresses that later when she describes everything that faith does for us in our lives. And one of the things that she says is it helps us sift through unimportant distractions. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a little bit of an allusion to um, what elder or president Nelson said about letting the Lord prevail, sort of letting, letting spiritual things um, take over for temporal things. And I think I just want to read that paragraph because it's kind of the heart of, of her talk um, as she talks about what faith can do for us. So, And it has an Elder Maxwell quote in it, so of course I'm going to read it. (laughs) Uh, She says, while faith is not a perfect knowledge, Elder Neil A. Maxwell said, it brings a deep trust in God whose knowledge is perfect. Even in turbulent times, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is gritty and resilient. It helps us sift through unimportant distractions. It encourages us to keep moving along the covenant path. Faith pushes through discouragement and allows us to face the future with resolve and squared shoulders. Um, It prompts us to ask for rescue and relief as we pray to the Father in the name of his Son. And when prayerful pleas seem to go unanswered, our persistent faith in Jesus Christ produces patience, humility, and the ability to reverently utter the words, Thy will be done. Man, what a powerful paragraph on all the ways that faith touches our lives. And probably we could spend, you know, a whole hour just talking about that paragraph. I'll just pick out one of the, the ways that faith touches us that that was a little bit um, surprising or unique to me where she said, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is gritty and resilient. Um, And it's interesting. She didn't phrase it. It makes you become resilient or it provides you a strength to be resilient. She said, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is gritty and resilient. And um, that that's just what a powerful thought because if you know, it seems that every day we all need some grit and resilience. Um, so I really enjoyed that whole paragraph and it's something I could probably come back to over and over. Yeah. Um, Aaliyah, what other parts of the talk, uh, stuck out to you or, um, let me change that question. So we talked about how you, um, be still. And so, um, she's really encouraging us to have faith and use that faith, um, to decrease fear. So, how do you apply that message in your daily life? So how do you increase your faith even during tur- turbulent times? What do you do to let it stretch and grow, as she said? Um, well, there is one quote that we had on our wall at one point uh, by President Nelson. And he says, faith is the antidote for fear. Um, and I think that applies to a lot of this talk. And I th- there's also, um, so this idea of um, growing and stretching by using faith in turbulent times. Um, there, so I have a class uh, called Eternal Families, only at BYU, right? Um, <laughs> but in that <laughs> class, my teacher, she's actually a, a science of family life um, person, so professor. So she has a lot of um, the scientific kind of knowledge behind this stuff. And she says um, that conflict and challenges are opportunities for intimacy. So in Uh, the context of her lesson she's approaching it from like marriage and and couples and families uh, perspective but I think it also applies here um the con we're gonna have conflict and challenges within our lives because that's how life works um but if we turn to Christ instead of away 
we we can increase our faith instead of lose it. So that's one way that we can stretch um, and grow in our trials is by turning towards Christ instead of uh, stepping away or, or losing faith or trust. Um, we can gain patience and faith instead. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Rivka, any other applications of this talk in your life that, that struck you? Well, it, when you brought up that this um, phrase that she uses, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is gritty and resilient, it reminded me of a thought I'd forgotten I had, which is why we read and reread these things, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But, um, I remember, too, being really struck by, by faith being defined as gritty and resilient because all growing up in young women's, we had our, our values. This is old stuff now, but we had the young women's values, right? And one of those values was faith and the color assigned it was white. Mm. And I can't think of a color less equal in my mind to grit and resilience, right? (laughs) (laughs) um, It's white is a pretty color. Um, everything about it is pretty, the white, the white dresses, the white, the idea is you want to keep it as clean as you can. Right. And so I, I remember sitting there thinking, huh, after reading this, maybe I wouldn't assign faith white and only in this situation. I'm not saying that was the wrong color to choose, but it, it was kind of this juxtaposition in my head of the idea. White, I think is the finality of faith, but when we're living here in mortality, Faith looks nothing like that. It's not clean. It's not pretty. And I started thinking of different examples of that. So we have scriptural examples, like the examples of great faith, the grit and resilience to obey in the midst of great difficulty, right? We have, like I pictured Nephi, um, but tied to the mass of the ship, like broken and bleeding and and in pain and and questioning what to do. And I thought of the the stripling warriors who showed great faith and none of them died, but all of them were wounded and their mm-hmm. families who must have been worried to pieces, those mothers who had, had taught them so well um, and the mother's faith to let those sons go out um, and do that, not knowing. And I, you know, I thought of the savior whose ultimate act of, of faith and power was in the garden. And here he is pressed and alone and bleeding from every pore. None of those things are pretty. Um, and I thought about people that I know in, in my life who I have seen go, um, show great faith in hardship. You know, I've, I've seen my brother and his wife bury a child and the intense grief and, and pain that came with that and their faith in bearing testimony at the graveside service of eternal families in the middle of this horrible pain. And, you know, I have seen people who have lost, who have lost spouses or, or other loved ones in unexpected and traumatic ways. Um, even the talk that we talked about a couple of uh, times ago, where he shared the, um, about the family whose son died on a mission and their declaration that when it comes to the gospel, their family was all in. And even though they didn't have the answers and they didn't understand why this happened, they were staying faithful. So I was thinking about all of those things and how how unpretty and not white and clean faith looks in mortality. And um, and so I too appreciated that 
that paragraph, you know, I just, I underlined specific little phrases. It encourages, pushes through discouragement, prompts us to ask, to have patience and humility and say thy will be done when our prayers aren't answered. Um, anyway, I just, I, you're, I'm glad you brought up that thing because it all of a sudden reminded me of this whole, whole moment I had with that about faith not being pretty, but that the ultimate faith, I suppose, um, is that that Jesus Christ's atoning sacrifice will make everything fair and clean and pretty. So white maybe is the right color for faith, but there's a lot underneath that white of the right. value colors that happen, and it's not always white all the time. Right. Well, if faith is a seed, uh, when I hear the word gritty, I think of it, you know, like dirt or sand or clay or something with little particles, you know? So faith is a seed buried in that dirt. Eventually it'll, you know, bloom into a beautiful plant or a rose or whatever, whatever plant is beautiful to you or a mustard tree. Uh, But at some point it's, you know, in that dark uh, sort of um, underground state in that buried in that grit um, and eventually it will blossom. So, well, I think her challenge to us is to have faith, to choose it, even if you have doubt, even if you have um, trial, even if you have tribulation, even if your prayers are not being answered with the speed with which you hope they are, they, you know, you that you want them to be answered. So I think we've all experienced those things at you know, some point in our lives. So she's asking us to choose faith. And more than um, a promise, she makes a declaration at the end. She says, We have every reason to rejoice, for our Lord and Savior is keenly aware of our troubles, cares, and sorrows. As Jesus was with his disciples of old, he is in our boat. Um, And so remembering that the Lord is in our boat and um, choosing faith, when even when it's hard to choose faith. Well, that was a great talk, um, and I really enjoyed it. Aaliyah, uh, can you tell people how how to get a hold of us? Yeah, we have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and our usernames on all of those are Words of the Prophets Podcast. Or if you want to message us, you can email us at wordsofthepropetspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to share any of your insights on these talks, just jump on one of those platforms. And and uh, we post every time we um, publish a podcast, we post on those platforms. So you can just share in the comments and tell us what you learned when you read the talk. And our next talk will be I Believe in Angels by Carlos and probably I'm going to say this wrong, Godoy. And uh, so thank you for joining us today. And until next time, keep the faith. Mm